Oh wow, this is beautiful out here. Let's check on this chicken. Smells good. Woo, looks good. Hey, what's going on? I didn't know you were listening over there. How's it going? Welcome to Gordon Speaks. We're just a variety show that talks about various topics, man, ranging from music to horror movies to cultivation to travel to quantum physics. I have various guests and uh, all sorts of different segments that are guaranteed (laughs) to ignite your auditory and imaginative senses. If you like to laugh, if you like to smile, if you dig some variety in your life, come on over to Gordon Speaks. Check us out. We'll be here on the dock. Peace. Paranormal Warehouse, Destination Mystery paints the story for paranormal content, abnormal adventures, and the fun behind the investigations. Each week, Mike and Melissa will bring a new adventure that includes going to some of the most remote places in the West. They will tell the story behind the investigation and share with you the evidence they discover. This is not your regular paranormal show. These episodes will bring new content from locations that no one would think to investigate or explore. We will not only tell the spooky story, we will go to the location where the spooky story originated. Fasten your seatbelts as we take you on an adventure that will make you question what's normal and what's paranormal. Everybody and welcome to the show. You're listening to Bigfoot and the Citizen Scientist podcast, 
I'm your host, Tyler, and I want to thank you for being here. If you have an encounter or story you would like to share, email me at sciencemeetsbigfoot at gmail.com, or if you're listening in on anchor.fm, feel free to hit that message button on our profile. Either way works for me. Just get at me. Before I get into today's topic, I want to start this episode out with a Rate This Podcast review. Shout out to user jgunter2011 for the wonderful and kind words you wrote. It's reviews and sentiments like that that renew that vigor and flame to produce more and exciting material for you, the listener. So thank you very much. Today we're covering a research group called the Lost Cryptic Conservatory. The group is an independent and indisciplinary Bigfoot encrypted research organization dedicated to serious field and academic study and scientific retrieval of forensic evidence of lost cryptids and other unknown species. With a social media presence since 2011, this research group has some interesting documented findings, spectacular interview guests, and a whole lot more. So please make sure you go check their stuff out. I had the privilege and honor to have Linda Pomerinke, a member of the LCC, agree to an interview for myself as well as all of you. She has a lot of insight into the group and some encounter stories. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I climbed into the hills. This was where I was meant to be. Everybody talks to me about I, I would I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. And I think the interesting thing is every single continent there is an equivalent of Bigfoot or Sasquatch. There's the Yeti, there's the Yari in Australia, there's the Chinese wild man, and and on and on and on. And you know, I've had stories from people who you have to believe them. So there's something, I don't know what it is. I've always open-minded, minded, 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 minded. The Upper Peninsula has a lot of Bigfoot sightings. Bigfoot enthusiasts came to the Brownstone Inn in Awe Train a few weeks ago to tell their Bigfoot stories and experiences to Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot crew. You're not surprised that Finding Bigfoot decided to come up here and do a show about Bigfoot in the UP? No, I figured it was about time. Stories ranged from incidents happening this past summer just miles from the Brownstone to sightings that happened 25 years ago outside of Munising. I wasn't a bit surprised at all that people saw Bigfoots nearby because like, if you go half a mile that way, you're in the middle of nothing, basically. Other possible sightings have occurred all across the central UP, stretching from near the scenic wildlife refuge to Escanaba and the Hannaville Indian Reservation. A and B reports are divided as to how much doubt there could be. Like if you saw a large shadowy figure in the dark, it'd probably be Class B. But if you saw a figure at 30 yards at daylight that was 8 feet tall and covered in hair, that's definitely Class A because there's very little room for misidentification. The Finding Bigfoot crew isn't surprised that there have been Bigfoot sightings in the UP. I know for a fact that squatches exist. I've seen it myself on the West Coast. And I come here, it's perfect habitat. Obviously, it has to do with the amount of wildlife in the area, as well as the amount of habitat that's available, particularly for large mammals like Sasquatches or moose or anything else, really. From the people on the reservation alone, I mean, there's, there's got to be 100 stories. I mean, 
just a lot of them. From talking to the local UP, Bigfoot investigators are not up in this part too much in the winter. They're on the south shore more where it's a little warmer. They'll stay in those cedar swamps in the interior. This time of the year, it's a great environment. It's why the other animals are here. Well, there's so many deer and rabbits, that sort of stuff. There's a lot of food. Only a handful of people told their stories to the crew, but others who attended believe Bigfoot is real and wanted to hear about people's experiences. I try to listen to other people. I have not had any experiences of myself with Sasquatch just yet, but I hope to uh, in the near future. Uh, at this time, I'm still listening to what other people have to say, uh, whether or not I can determine if they are real or not. Um, but as of right now, I'm keeping an open ear of what people have to say. The Finding Bigfoot crew will now visit these sites and try to find evidence of Sasquatches living in the UP. We've narrowed it down to three separate witnesses, and we're going to go to each of their locations and try to determine the authenticity and also try to learn as much as possible about the encounter. Um, usually we find that people are telling the truth. There's no doubt about that. For ABC 10 and CW5 News Now, I'm Molly Smirka. experience in 1990 that still boggles our minds. My son Matthew and I were bow hunting in the fall of 1990 in the Foley Swamp several miles northwest of Lucerne, Michigan. Our family lived in Lucerne for 20 years. We also lived downstate for many years and just moved to St. Helen in July 2011. We were hunting near the intersection of Foley and Randall Roads on state land, and at that time we were living in Lucerne. On that day, probably in October, I remember feeling the woods to be very quiet, and no deer seemed to be active where there should have been lots of activity. I had set up an elevated deer blind about 20 feet above the ground, using two by fours between three trees and a piece of plywood about 40 inches square. All of the trees were over one foot in diameter. As it was getting dusk that particular night, I heard a scream and howls and growls similar to what I have heard on parts two and three of the Sierra tapes. for 10 minutes and it came from about 50 yards away. It really unnerved me as I had never heard such a thing before and I had no idea what it could be and I have hunted the Michigan woods all my life. I was about 51 years of age at that time. I then heard four to five snags or old trees being broken off behind me where the screams had come from and I doubted a bear would do that. As it got darker Something came under my blind and shook the trees under me very violently. Of course, that further scared the tar out of me. I could not see what was doing that in the dark, and I could not see down due to my blind's floor. 
I was afraid I might get shook right out of the blind. The whole experience lasted about 15 minutes. When the wood settled down, my son Matt and I got to our vehicle, and since he was also spooked, we never hunted that area again. Additional comments by Matt by phone, taken February 14, 2012. That particular night, I also felt the woods were particularly quiet, and I sat in my deer blind about three quarters of a mile away from my dad. I was about 17 to 18 years of age at that time. I did feel in a sixth sense type of way that something was not right and it gave me an eerie feeling. I did not hear anything that night, nor was I hassled like my dad was, but when we got together and I heard his story, I could see that he was very much shaken and we did not know what could do that and we never hunted there again. In about March 2003, when they moved to their home on Heath Road, about three miles west of Lupton, Michigan, they had walked to the back of their property to the neighbors who had a beaver dam blocking up a small creek which made a large pond area. They took some pictures of the scene as there was snow on the ground and it was nice. Last summer, they were looking at the pictures and noticed a possible Bigfoot standing on the beaver dam. On May 11, 2016, John, Sherry, and Bigfoot associate Larry Kohler and Phil Shaw drove and looked at the site. There is no evidence of a large stump at that location, although the picture was taken 13 years ago. The dammed area was drained many years ago as the backed up pond was creating water problems. Last year in July, they were having a cookout with the family about 75 yards from their home in a low area they had cleared for campfire activities. It was late in the evening that they heard wood knocks and they moved from one location to another about 100 yards away from them. Also, they heard a woman-type scream at that point. They have heard similar type noises in the past without really thinking what it might be. Their sons had camped out there, but were scared off by something. About a month ago, John heard something in the woods to the east of the home, and he went out with a large flashlight and scanned the tree line. He thought he saw a very tall walking shadow moving toward the north, but he could not make out much detail. He did think the shadow may have been 8 to 10 feet tall. The general area has lots of mixed swamp, woodland, and farmer fields. To the north, it is mostly wooded and the general area is quite squatchy. To see the photo referenced in this report, please visit Phil Shaw's page. everybody this is Tyler with Bigfoot and the Citizen Scientist podcast and I have 
Linda Pomerinke on wine here, and uh, we're oh. going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, their conservatory that they got going. So, say hello, Linda. Hi, everybody. Lost cryptids in the house. Yeah. So, uh, so who who is the Lost Cryptid Conservatory? Uh, Blake Dewitcher started the whole thing. He's the founding member. Okay. Um, there's David Dominique. Uh, there's Chad, Sherry, Mary, uh, Gabe Heiss, mm-hmm. uh, filmmaker. Um, we actually have like up to 18 people in our group now. Uh, most of them are researchers. Four of us make up the board. Um, that would be Blake. David, Chad, and myself, we make up the board. We're board members. Okay. Um, what do you guys, uh, what kind of stuff do you guys investigate? Is it mainly Bigfoot stuff or what, what all, well, what do you guys look into? Yeah, so far it's mainly Bigfoot, but we're pretty much willing to investigate, um, any cryptid. We take reports, uh, for any cryptid, uh, sightings, um, we go all over the state of Michigan. Uh, so far, we haven't gone out of state yet. We haven't been asked to come out of state, but um, most of the members are in southern or southeast Michigan. I myself, it, uh, I'm in Midland County, which okay. is like the middle of the lower peninsula. There's a couple of us up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us are over by Lake Michigan. So we're kind of scattered around, uh, and we travel all over the state, including the Upper Peninsula. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Um, what kind of got you into the, the conservatory? Um, well, I, um, to begin with, I was with a group um, from West Branch, Michigan. It's the West Branch Bigfoot Committee. And... The founding member of that is Philip Shaw, and he's from West Branch. Great guy, great researcher, um, and we have a conference up there, the West Branch Bigfoot uh, Conference, every year. And I was with Phil for a couple years there, and I met Blake and at a conference up there. And um, then I met my friend Sherry. And Sherry, who is on our team, she's a researcher. Sherry and I found out that we have a past history that, like, from probably 30 years ago. And it was really odd because in the last 30 years, we never talked or, you know, we didn't go out or anything like that. And Sherry and I got to talking, and she joined the West Branch group, and... Sherry actually called me one day and told me that um, the cryptids uh, wanted us to come out to an outing with them. So we went to a camp out, went to a couple camp outs, and we just, it was love at first sight. After Mm. that, it was just like a blast. I mean, it was like uh, coming home and finding your home and finding um, your family for me. That's the way I feel. Yeah, that's awesome. So is uh, so. Have you had an encounter or or anything like that? 
Yes, I did. I did when I was um for, when I was fourteen. I was uh, in junior high school at the time. Um, it happened in Midland County, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, on my summer vacation, I was up here in Michigan with my family. My dad's from Michigan. Um, at the time, we lived in Oklahoma because my dad was in the Air Force. And we were stationed in Oklahoma. My mom's from Oklahoma. That's how they met. And we used to come up here every summer for family vacation in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, like, give you the exact date. I can only tell you it was in July um, in the summertime. And I, it was probably, like, the second day, first or second day that we got here in Michigan. And I went to my aunt and uncle's house Mm -hmm. and my cousins had a new mini bike and we all went into the backyard and the woods back there, there was a trail going back in the woods and we were all taking turns on the mini bike back there. So that's where I had my first, uh, my encounter was back there, uh, on the trail on the mini bike. I actually was on the mini bike with my step cousin Kathy. Kathy was driving the bike. I was sitting behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took off down the trail. And at the end of the trail, there's a big turnaround back there. Um, and when we hit the turnaround, it's all sandy. Across the turnaround, uh, looking at us was this face, this. All you could see was like from here up on it. Um, and it was just staring at us. And I'm sure Kathy saw it the same time I did because it all happened really fast. I mean, she um, we derfed the bike. She, uh, she, I think we were both in shock because she turned, she was driving, she turned the bike over on us. I remember I burnt my leg on the muffler on the mini bike, but at the time I didn't think about that. Um, we picked the bike back up and we got back on the bike and we got, we got out of there. You know, we, we took off back down the trail, back to the house, to the backyard and we got the heck out of there. And it was just one of those things that just happened so fast. And, and your mind, um, my mind couldn't process, uh, like I knew, I knew what I saw and I can like, to this day, I can see it in my mind, what I saw, I can picture it and mm-hmm. I remember its face and what it looked like, but, um, I couldn't process it because it wasn't like anything I've ever seen before in my life. I've never seen pictures of anything like that at that time. Um, this was back in the seventies. Um, I'm guessing it was probably about. Oh, I was like 14 at the time. So when we got back up to the house, Kathy was very upset and I was just in shock. And when we got off the bike, the two, two other uh, kids came up and grabbed the bike and they just, they took off down the trail on the bike. And I asked Kathy, I said, did you just, did you just see what I saw back there? Because in my mind, I'm thinking this is why the bike got turned over. Um, she saw it too, and this is why she turned, you know, we, she lost, basically lost control of the bike. Um, when we were in the turnaround, we were pointed right straight forward at this thing. 
So I can't tell you why she turned the bike, why she lost control of the bike. I'm guessing it was because she was in shock or something. Hmm. Um, but she started, she kind of started crying and she said she didn't want to talk about it. And she went in the house. Um, and I didn't mention it that day. I didn't say anything to anybody because um, I, I was having issues. Uh, mm -hmm. processing what I had saw. I knew, yeah, I knew it wasn't a bear. Um, my whole family, my dad's family, actually both my mom and my dad's family, uh, were fishermen, uh, campers, hunters. Um, we grew up in the woods. I grew up in the woods my whole life. We've been in the woods. Um, we've seen bears. We've been up very close to bears in the upper peninsula. We used to go to the dumps in paradise. Mm -hmm. Um, back then you could go to the dumps and you could sit in your car and watch the bears. Um, they don't, I, from what I understand, they don't allow that anymore. Um, mm. so I knew what it, I knew what I, what it wasn't, but I didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, Bigfoot never, or Sasquatch never even crossed my mind at the time. I didn't even know anything about that kind of thing back then. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> That kind of brings me back to what I was going to ask. So, you didn't really have any history with the idea of Sasquatch prior to? Um, not much. I mean, I it's possible that I might have heard. I lived at the time. I lived in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't back then. You didn't have cable TV. There was no internet. Um, your wildlife show that you watched every week was Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. That was a show that I used to watch with my dad every week. Um, back then, we had like maybe three or four channels on TV. There was no cable. Um, nobody had cell phones or anything like that. Um, and so it's possible that I might have heard like stories or something like that about it. But as far as visual things like what like looking at things on tv or something like that no right. i had nothing i had nothing to go by uh back then there was nothing for me to look at there you know um so what i saw was burned um into my memory um even though i can't remember the exact time of day i know it was in the afternoon because uh it was a class a sighting okay it was a bright blue sunny sky no overcast, no rain. It was in the afternoon. It was after lunchtime. Our parents had left. All the parents had left. I think they left. They took my younger brother. As seven, he's seven years younger than me. They took him with them. And I think they went, even though they didn't want to tell us this, I think they, <laughs> I think they went to get ice cream or something. Yeah. And they didn't want to deal with all of us. There was a lot of us kids there that day. Um, there was a neighbor kid there that... Um, a friend of my cousin's, uh, his name was Roger. Roger was there that day. And so they're all together. There was probably, I'm going to say four five, six. There was like six of us that day on that mini bike taking turns, um, two at a time on that bike. And none of the other kids ever said anything to me. And my cousin Lori, they lived there at the time. They were renting this house in Midland County, and nobody had said anything to me about this or anything that was going on at that house. Um, I actually found out years later 
um, when this all came out in the open between us that there, um, they also had sightings on this property and um, down the road a ways. And an apple orchard, my cousin Jim and one of his friends uh, also saw. We don't know if it's the same one or if it was a different one. I mean, we don't know. Um, hmm. He saw it in an apple orchard picking apples off an off apple trees uh, okay. on foot. They were on the boys were on foot, um, and they saw it. This and that also was in the daytime. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Kind of co cooperating, so, you know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's but Lori, the way that Lori described what she saw to me, what Lori saw, and what I saw, it sounds. It kind of sounds. To me, like Lori and I both saw the same thing. The description that she gave uh, for like the color and its head and the way the head was and all the hair. It had hair. The ears were covered with hair. Um, it sounds like it might have been the same the same creature. Okay. So. Well, quite possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, the little things I get inscribed in our, in our, in our memory especially things that uh i mean it's it's totally understandable like for me for, uh, for instance um the only reason i remember it was nighttime is because my uh my sighting was around a campfire it was completely dark everywhere wow. but yeah so that's uh, uh fortunate for me but any other little nuance around it surrounding that i don't i would you know i wouldn't be able to tell you i could tell you in a, on it if it didn't have happened if it wouldn't have happened that night, I'd probably be able to explain yeah. everything around me, you know, but... So you don't remember, like, the time or anything, or... Uh, I, I remember... Or... I, I remember it was, like, around 10 o'clock at night. Um, and, uh, like, it was it was dark enough to where it was pitch black all around my campfire. So it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, up outside of uh, Estacada, Oregon, um, when I uh, had my sighting. My class A. I've had um, all sorts of class experiences happen to me. Um, mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time out investigating. So, um, but uh, well, yeah, you and I have known each other actually through Facebook for a couple of years now. Yeah, I didn't know if you realized that or 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 not, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I didn't yeah. know because you sent me an IM, and I'm not sure how you how you found me if maybe you saw a lost cryptids conservatory post or uh, that was exactly um, is that what happened because they asked me they wanted to know and i didn't know what to tell them oh yep that was exactly it oh okay uh, yeah, yeah i actually i'm brand new to your guys's uh your the group i've never heard i had never heard of it right. before well um, blake blake actually has been on youtube um for a while now and he's got a lot of older videos at the YouTube site uh, of him and James, the collar kid. We call mm-hmm. him the collar kid. He's one of the younger members of our group. And um, he has a lot of videos of him and James uh, going out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then, he, um, he they did a lot of, of, of live videos and posted them on YouTube. Um, but now the group is kind of like taken off. We've added more members. Um, we have a lot of very interesting people, um, in our group. We have two, uh, law enforcement 
um, two ex-law enforcement, I want to say, eight agents in our group. They were bo they're both uh, uh, retired law enforcement okay. in our group. And one of them, Val Savala, um, he's like, he's the data miner. He collects Bigfoot reports and he has like the largest, probably Bigfoot, um, report, uh, website right now in the state of Michigan. Wow. And he has a Facebook site, uh, Michigan, uh, uh, Bigfoot data and reports. He's, he's got like a, I don't know. I don't know where the guy, the guy is like amazing. I don't know where he even comes up with all this, but he does. <laughs> and that's what he does. And he's really not even like, he's really not even a Bigfooter uh, per se. Like he'll go out in the woods and stuff, but his whole thing is, is research. And he profiles um, the Sasquatch. He's profiling it like you would profile a serial killer. Hmm. Um, the data that he collects, uh, if you go to his Facebook site, you'll see what I mean. Um, because that's his expertise with law enforcement in the past. Um, he found missing persons. Um, and then David Dominique, he, he was also a law enforcement. And he actually investigated a lot of uh, uh, missing uh, children uh, cases crimes against children, um, hmm. that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, our team is made up of a lot of uh, people from different backgrounds, different okay. uh, types of things. <clears throat> okay. Um, that's, oh, wow, that's very fascinating. Actually, yeah. if you really think about that, that uh, brings a whole uh, array of perspectives into the subject, which we, we need. I mean, if everyone's thinking the same thing, then it's not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I didn't. Um, when I first joined this group, I mean, it took me a while. I mean, everybody in the group were strangers to me. When I went to the first camp out um, with everybody, um, I knew um, the person that I've known the longest is Ernest Fargo. And I met Ernie also at the West Branch Conference. Um, Ernie and his girlfriend, Michelle, and I probably, I known them, them and Sherry, I've known them the longest. And we went to, um, some private property and did a big camp out. And so I've known Ernie for at least three and a half years. But when I went to the camp out, I had no idea, um, like who all these people were and what their backgrounds were. And you kind of just, as you get to talk to people, you kind of find out more and more. And it was just totally amazing. These people are amazing. It's like I, this, everybody just like came together and it was like, I, it, I think it was like something that was meant to be, mm -hmm. um, just like fate. That's the way I feel about it. Um, awesome. we have a guy in the group that does uh film and, uh, he's, um, <laughs> He's got, um, that's what he does. He's a filmmaker. He does other things too. Um, his name is Gabe Heiss. And we also have a, another guy in the group. He's new and his name is Josh, uh, Parsons. And Josh has his own podcast that he recently, um, 
not exactly sure how old his podcast is, but I don't think it's very old. But Josh also does that um, type of work. And and he still has his podcast. Uh, I want to say it's called the Hide and Seek podcast. And if you look around on Facebook, you'll see it posted at my website, which is the Michigan Sasquatch Experience. That's my Facebook site. And you'll see the Hide and Seek podcast posted there. So, yeah, we have a lot of interesting people in our group and that and they all do. Um, like different things. Uh, Ernie Ernie Fargo is he collects books, uh, rare books, and he also collects uh, track casts, like uh, Sasquatch track casts. And he probably has the largest collection of track casts, not only in the state of Michigan, but I'm going to take a far reach out there and say next to Cliff Berrickman and Jeff Meldrum. Ernie wow. probably has the largest collection um, there is. And if you come to our conference, um, he he will have them there. We had our first conference at uh, Dewey Lake this year. We mm -hmm. have the Dewey Lake Monster Conference. And Ernie had a lot of his cast there. Okay. And so he's um, a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> huh. He knows a lot about, he's got a good memory, like for all the researchers, um, you know, he studied all the older researchers, uh, bless his heart, Dr. Bender Nagel, um, who's uh, passed away now. Yeah. Um, if you ask any question about anything like that, trivia, Ernie, Ernie can answer any question you have about that. Um, we went to the Salt Fork. Uh, Bigfoot conference in Salt Fork, not uh -huh. this year, but the year before. And Cliff Berrickman and Bobo was there, and they did trivia night. Yeah. And it was it was a horrible thunderstorm that night. It was on Sunday. Um, we actually, a friend of ours, Chuck Sutherland, um, mm -hmm. Chuck was actually out in the field in this storm, finding tracks while we were all in the lounge in the resort. Um, doing trivia night and Ernie um, they they broke up into teams for trivia and Ernie uh, could have won that contest against uh, teams of five people if he had actually had a <laughs> so he's an interesting guy <laughs> oh man yeah um, so what is uh what do you know when uh the lost cryptid was founded like when it was started exactly how oh, long you you'd have to ask blake that okay okay yeah I, I i wish i could tell you the year but yeah um it's not at the you if you go to our youtube channel the lost cryptids conservatory uh -huh. if you go to the youtube channel it'll tell you on there okay okay um and I'm uh <laughs> you busted me, Tyler. <laughs> so yep, um, I don't know everything, and and uh, unfortunately, I can't remember everything either. So, well, to me, that makes you even more credible of a of a uh, investigator. So, yeah, there's too many too many uh, know it alls out there. No, but, yeah, uh, we're not. Um, most of the people on my team, I, everybody has their own ideals of what Sasquatch is and what we're dealing with. And, you know, everybody has ideals. 
But actually, I've, I've found that most of the people on my team are pretty open-minded um, when it comes to cryptids. Um, okay. we, we, at least I know I do. I try to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing that we probably all agree on, though, and I get asked this a lot, is that Bigfoot, that the Sasquatch actually is a flesh and blood creature. Um, as far as um, at least physical evidence, we have physical evidence. Um, last summer, I found I've got a knuckle print. Um, I've got, you know, footprints that we found that I found like in our recent one of our research areas in southeast Michigan. Um, we found tracks. Some of the guys that summer last last summer, a couple of the guys found a track. Um, this is an area that we go to frequently in the summer. It's, I want to say it's like our main area and these things are coming up to us at our campfire. They're like coming right up to our camp and they're surrounding us. They're screaming at us. Um, Blake and I were around the fire last summer at night. Uh, other people had went to, gone to bed and Blake and I had, we had little rocks thrown at us. Um, not big rocks, just little rocks, just Mm -hmm. say like, Hey, we're here, you know, type of thing. I, at least that's the way we took it. If they really wanted to hurt us, I think they would have (laughs) threw something bigger than just little, you know? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But so, yeah, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm just, it's a very exciting group that I'm in a bunch of great people with great hearts, big hearted people too. Way awesome, way awesome. Well, I swear you have a visual on my on my keynotes for this interview question because you've just been answering them as as uh, as I line them out. Uh, so, <laughs> well, um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm older than I I am older than yeah. uh, most of the people in our group. Um, so my long term memory is mm. like. If you were to ask me questions about researchers and dates with and researchers like Dr. Bender Nagel and and people like that, I'm probably not going to be able to um, give you like dates and things like that. That would be Ernie Fargo is the person that could tell you all that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I know a little bit about probably some of everything. So, yeah. There's that thing. There's just so much to take in, and if yeah, you're right. a sl- and if you're a slow learner like I am, and you have to really, really work at memorizing those things. Right. It's, it it takes years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been going on for so long. There's so much back knowledge to get before you can even get to present. Well, unfortunately, I love to read, but I don't find any time to read now. I have probably eight books right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all to do with the Sasquatch, uh, new books, old books that I have just, I just haven't got a chance to read them. Uh, yeah. I do work. I still work full time. I'm a nurse yeah. I'm the medical person on our team. I have a medical bag, um, that can go out in the field. Mm-hmm. So if anybody breaks a leg or gets hurt, I'm the medical person, nice. the go-to person for that. So I do, that's kind of like my main, probably my main job on our team. Uh, I'm the only medical person on the team. I mean, a couple of the other uh, members, they know CPR. 
and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I am the only medical, I'm the only nurse on the team. We don't have any other nurses or doctors um, at this time on the team. So, okay. so yeah, I don't find, I haven't really found a lot of time to read, to catch up on my reading yeah, um, and stuff like that. Um, but you and I, I think you and I met through uh, probably Sasquatch Chronicles, uh, Wes Germer's. Yes. Um, site. And, you know, I'm still an administrator there on his fan page. Yeah. Yeah. I know yep. people get mixed up and they think Wes started that. That Wes did not start that. It's no. his fan page. Of course, he, made, he posts on there. He <laughs> made, he, made, he, made, he made clear that he yeah. did not start that on his on one of his episodes. So yeah. if you don't know about that, go back and listen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a, I love Wes. He's a great guy. Um, yeah. he, he's the one that I, uh, Wes is the first person, um, publicly that I actually, um, I emailed him and, and went to about my encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first, uh, he's the first person I actually talked to about it. He actually called me on the phone and we talked about it and I told him what happened to me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he wanted me to be on his podcast. At that point, I was on with uh, Kumbo Baker on show number, uh, I think it was 300. Yeah. Um, I was on there, and I uh, now I'm an, I, somebody, w- one of the people asked me to be an administrator on his fan page. So I've, I've done that now for a couple years, probably two or three years now. I've lost count. Time goes by really fast in this yes, business. It does. It does. It really does. <laughs> Yeah, I actually just did an interview with Wes. Um, I don't know. It should did be. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you'll 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 get to hear my entire account there. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's a good and, guy. And, and, and I, I love his sense of humor. Yes. Um, I also yeah. did. Uh, that's. Um, I also did uh, uh, Tony Merkel's The Confessionals podcast uh, last yeah, month. I like turn uh, uh, Tony and his wife. Yep. Yeah, they're yeah, I know they're such a great team. Awesome. And Jack. Jack's a great pro- or editor and producer and yeah, just great. Um for those people listening that don't know, go and check out Sasquatch Chronicles podcast. Uh that's Wes Germer's podcast. He's got a very interesting story. And Tony Merkel's The Confessionals. Uh and he I don't think he's ever had a Bigfoot sighting. I know he's done a ton of investigations and he's found a few tracks here or there, but uh, he's all cryptid, everything cryptid, supernatural, and conspiracies. So go check those yeah. guys out. They, Tony and Wes, they're both of them. Their sense of humor is yes. like so awesome. And you know, you can't. Um, I've met a few people, and I want to say this business. That's not. I don't know if you want to call what we do a business, but um, Sasquatch research, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. Really, you have to have a sense of humor um, to get through this. Um, you have to deal with the post-traumatic stress disorder um, yes. of your own encounter. And then you have to help other people uh, deal with their PTSD from their encounter. Because you're going to meet people, and I have, that also are have and are still... There's still people that recently, you know, new people that are dealing um, with this 
So you have to keep a sense of humor or you're, this isn't, you know, it's not the business. It's not the place to be in. If you don't have a sense of humor, it's really not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> that kind of harkens back to that's what kind of drives my my uh, the f- is what is the fuel for what drives me in the subject is because my encounter rocked my world like past yeah. almost past the return point um and if uh, actually the very first um i emailed when I, it was probably a week after my encounter um i was super messed up you were talking about ptsd i was extremely messed up i thought i was going absolutely crazy um yeah. i had i had a, a paranormal mind speak thing happen and it just shook me to the core absolutely shook me so let me ask you was it just um, do you think it's possible you were hit with infrasound or do you even, do you subscribe yeah. to that ideal of infrasound I, at all or? So, um, I'm, I am a very skeptical person. Um, mm-hmm. I look anything, um, to the unexplained that happens to me. I always try to find a scientific aspect right. to it. Um, and the fact of the matter oh. is there's a, there's animals on this planet that can produce infrasound. Um, so I, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I do, um, I, I, I subscribe to that idea. Um, I don't know for sure whether it was infrasound and my mind was just because the message I got was almost, it felt like, uh, like it was, um, there was an intent behind it. Like trying, like trying to let me know, don't be afraid. We're only here observing you. Um, and it wasn't. And, and it wasn't like I described. It wasn't quite in my thought process. Um, uh, when, like for me, when I think to my to myself, I almost have this like tonation in my mind of how I would think. Like, you know, you you, you kind of think to yourself, yeah. and you can kind of hear like your own voice in your head. Um, the way the way you the <clears throat> the way you sound when you would talk. Right. Um, and it it was not like that. It was like a darker deeper voice it it, yeah. it just felt different i don't know how to describe you know it's it. not yours yeah yeah and um, um, i i think i've experienced i feel like i have experienced my mind speak mm-hmm. myself so i i think i kind of know what you're talking about yeah um and i kind of feel like it was mind speak and i feel like it was answered for me because i reacted on that mind speak and did what i was told to do and when I did what I was told to do, I had an encounter here, right here in my backyard, where I live now. Oh, wow. This was okay. 11 o'clock at night. Um, all I got to see was the eyes. It was standing behind a bush, but mm-hmm. it was well over seven feet tall. And I had to drive over here because I wasn't actually living here at the time. But I had the mind speak at my parents' house, who live around the corner, and I had this voice telling me I needed to come over here. Mm. Um, I'm like, okay, so this is like 11 o'clock at night. And I did, and I came over here, and I walked into my backyard, um, and I had an encounter with what I believe was a Sasquatch. Um, wow. Because I don't know what else is that tall that has eyes that far apart and big and round. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there were circumstances leading up to it. Uh, my brother's dog, he had a, uh, 
an old English bulldog, Hollywood. He was like our family dog. It was my brother's dog, but he belonged to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been going nuts at the fence line for a couple weeks. And it was every night, like the same time, 11 o'clock at night. And my mom and my mom would be like, she's like, oh, it's just, it's just deer. It's just deer out there. And I'm like, that's not deer. You know, I went out on the back deck and I would listen. And you know, when they're in the area, everything in the woods is like super quiet. Yes. You know, you don't hear a sound when these things are around. Like every other animal is like super silent um, Mm. and quiet. And that's, Everything was quiet, and that's when I started experiencing, in my mind, what I think is possible, that it might have been mind speak. Mm. Um, all I know is I reacted to it, and I answered it, and I I drove, I got in my car, and I drove over here around the corner um, to the house I live in now, um, and I did, and I got out, and I went into the backyard, um, mm-hmm. and there it was in the woods, in the wood line. Um and I, you know what? It didn't say anything at, at that point. I, 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 it didn't say anything. I didn't say anything out loud, but in my mind, I was saying, okay, um, everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to back up. I'm just going to leave now. You know, I don't mean you any harm. Um, I, I kind of got a little, I was a little bit afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that point I was kind of freaking out because I'm like, holy crap, look, it's like right there. And it's looking at me and it's not doing anything. Um, it didn't take a step. It didn't move forward. Um, so I, I backed up and I backed up and went to get in my car. But when I went to get in my car in the driveway, one more time, I took my flashlight and I went like this just to see if it was still there. And it mm-hmm. was still there and it was watching me. So I got in the car and I left and the next day, or it was two days later, I decided I was going to come back over here um, and debunk it because mm-hmm. I said, okay, it was an owl. It was an owl sitting on a branch, you know, a barred owl. We have a lot of barred owls here. So I did. I came back over here. Uh, it wasn't an owl because there were no branches there mm. where the eyes were, where the eyes were at. There was nothing there for an owl to sit on. Whoa. So, yeah, it is It is what it is. I mean, so, so very what? disturbing. And not long after that, I found stick structures back here on the other side of the power line in the woods Whoa. last summer. And, yeah, and they're still back there. And I'm still having activity here at my house. It's been going on since this last summer. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's that's story for another time. <laughs> There's always something going on with with Bigfooters, right? <laughs> right. So can uh, how uh, can you just did you see like the eyes glowing uh, or anything like that? Is is that like how um, were you? I shine my flashlight on it, so I it was eye reflection. I don't know okay. if you want to call it eye reflection, like in my right. flashlight, but it was standing. Like you could only all I could see was the eyes, and the rest of it was just looked black. And it was like behind this big bush. This was in the summertime, so yeah. now the bush that it was standing behind, like right now, it's like all dead and shriveled up, and there's like nothing on it mm. on that bush now. Mm-hmm. 
you know, now it's wintertime. We've, we've got snow back there and everything. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and of course, I didn't go home and tell my mom and dad this because <laughs> um, my mom, she'd say, oh, you saw a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thing as a bear you know the typical mainstream reaction is you saw a bear uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> and my yeah. dad um i would probably he would probably get nervous and um he would worry he's a worrier gotcha. so i try not to tell them a lot about what i do yeah. <laughs> they know what i do, but i don't talk a lot about it with my parents um they're elderly and they have enough gray hair on their head so <laughs> leave it at that my sister, my sister, and the rest of my family know. They know what I do now. They're they're kind of getting more of an ideal um, of what I've gone through and what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually very supportive of me. Nice. So, it's always nice to have. Yes. Wow. Um, can you, if you had to guesstimate what, about how tall was this thing that you saw in your backyard? Uh, well, when I went back. You know, when I went back the the next day or whatever in the daytime, of course, mm-hmm. when I went back, um, I'm guessing this thing as far as the actual eyes, because all I could see was the eyes like underneath and above. You could yeah. kind of like see a shape, but it was all black. I mean, everything was dark. Oh. And I'm going to say probably at, at least eight feet like the eyes themselves were at least like eight feet up in the air. Yeah, and there is there is no tree there. There's no branches, so there's nothing there that an owl um, could have been sitting on. It could have been a raccoon because a raccoon would have had to climb up a tree, and since there's no tree there, um, and the bush, the bush is like some I don't even know what kind of bush it is, but it's just a bush and with tiny little, very thin you know, um, yeah. branches <clears throat> stuff going off it. So, well, and, well, and for people who have experience, they understand that there's also even with eye, eye shine with with mm-hmm. game animals, there's a difference in size and shape per species. Yeah. So I mean, you you'd be able to tell if it was a raccoon eye shine. They'd be little right. tiny tiny shine back um, glares coming back, and the color would be completely more well more than likely different. Right. Um, and uh, it, that totally rules out humans because we don't have eye shine. We don't elicit eye shine back. Like our, our eyeballs soak in the light. So, uh, you know, wow, wow. Well, what's the difference between eye shine and reflection? I've heard different people. Uh, one guy's like, no, it's not eye shine. It's, it's reflection. So, I mean, I guess I don't, I personally, huh. I really don't know. The difference, I just say I shine. Like if I shine a flashlight, a white flashlight on something, and I get, to me, yeah. it's I shine. But somebody yeah. else might say, no, that's not I. That's eye glow or eye reflection. I mean, I, there's probably maybe there's a difference. There might be, there but might to be. me, uh, that's just playing with the mincing words. <laughs> well, that's I know, but you know, I'm on all these websites, so and and there, people fight and they argue on there and. Oh, one yeah. person has this ideal, the other person's got this ideal of yeah. how something is or what it should be. So I'm I'm just like taking, I'm basically like a sponge on the internet with Bigfoot. I'm like taking all this information in now, now on all these websites, um, like something I didn't have when I was younger because I didn't have the internet. So uh, I just keep learning more and more every day. 
and I keep having more experiences um, with the Lost Cryptids Conservatory. We all keep having more experiences. Um, things are cooking up right now. They're starting to get uh, more exciting. We're um, looking forward to this next summer um, to getting back to southeastern Michigan to our main, what I call our main research site, where we've gotten uh, tra uh, tracks. You know, I actually got a knuckle print there last summer. Whoa. I'm, I'm like the yeah. only person. I'm the only person that I know of in our group that has actually uh, found a knuckle print. And it was early in the morning. It was like, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. Everybody else was still in bed. And I got up, dude, and I took off down the trail out in the woods and I found this knuckle print. And I was, uh, I, I don't know, I was like, hi. It was like, yeah. being, I was just like in, and it was it's like euphoric it was yeah. it was like euphoria well, um <laughs> there and there really there there really isn't that many knuckle prints out there so yeah for i you didn't to... really know that i mean i'm not a like a track expert uh i mean i know um i think dr meldrum either dr meldrum or cliff berrickman one of them i think one of them has a knuckle a nice um cast track for a knuckle print and then there, you know, there's the famous uh, uh, Nutella jar. Nutella jar, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm saving up to buy that from Cliff's shop because I, yeah. I live, I live 30 minutes away from his his museum, so I'm there well, a lot. Yes, oh, lucky you. Hey, all I've got is the T-shirt from there. <laughs> I haven't been to the museum yet. Well, you're I'll, in a good spot. You yes. really are. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, I, uh, I'll, I'll keep you up to date because I, he just let me do a tour of the museum and a little, uh, um, mm -hmm. little uh, interview with him. So I'm going to be re yeah. releasing that soon. So I'll let Did you, you know when I do. Did you get to meet his wife? Did you oh, meet yeah. Melissa? She's oh, yeah. a sweetie, isn't she? She yes. just seems like a really sweet person. Yes. Hey, Tyler, she will you come to Michigan? You got to come out with the Lost Cryptids. I, I'm totally in the field with us. You know, actually, it's funny because I just had a friend that moved up to Michigan to start mm -hmm. working, and uh, and I am uh, was just telling her I was like, well, I need well, there you're in excuse to go up there and visit. She's kind of near uh, the uh, um, Escanaba um, area. I don't know exactly where she's at. Escanaba in the moonlight. <laughs> yeah, I oh Jeff Daniels, That's you know the movie. That's down on US two. West on US two. Okay, so yeah, so I have two excuses to go out to go visit in Michigan. Um, I have an extra bedroom in my house, but if you come to Michigan and go out with the Lost Cryptids, we will take you out in the field with us, and I guarantee you might not see a Sasquatch, but you will have a good time. All right, all right, I like it. Well, before before we wrap this up, I want I want to give you an opportunity to throw some plugs out there. Who 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 you uh you know you know what I mean. So the Lost Cryptids Conservatory. You can find us on YouTube. Okay. And we have a Facebook site, the Lost Cryptids Conservatory Facebook site. Okay. Uh, Michigan Sasquatch Experience, which is a Facebook page. And there, then there's um the uh the Gumshoe Guy. Val Savala, uh, I want to say it's Michigan Bigfoot Report and Sightings. Uh -huh. And he's the guy I told you that keeps data. He keeps track of, like, all the sightings yeah. in Michigan and um, explores, like, all the data, the time of day, the temperature, 
like this, like are all these little details that as a researcher, we all should probably be doing, but some of us don't guilty. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of us are so enthralled at the time that we're not thinking about, you know, Hey, what's the temperature out when I'm looking at this, you know what yeah. I mean? At yeah. this track. So, but, yeah. but Val is the man that does that. He's good. Okay. So, okay. yep. Yeah. That, that takes a special skill. Cause you know, I thought I was pretty like a, you know, a pretty well documentary type of guy when it comes to stuff like that until I, uh, had, uh, you know, you're, you're in the middle of the heat of the moment. You don't think to record right. that kind of stuff. You don't, you're right. just, you're, you're on a one mind track set. It just takes training to get out of that. So it's, yeah, that's, and, and it's and, rough, hard training. <laughs> and I will, I will message you, um, after we're finished here, I will message you, um, his exact Facebook, uh, uh, site so if you want to join his facebook site yeah um i think you already are on the crypto the lost cryptids aren't you yes i am the facebook are you on michigan sasquatch experience i believe i am okay so so you're not on vals then or um i'll have to double check let me okay but uh but yeah yeah i'll let you know um I have I belong to like uh, ninety different groups on Facebook, oh, wow. so I have to scroll through that. Yeah, Are research groups or uh, just uh, over research over groups? half of them. Over half of them are research groups. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Are you going out the field with these people? Uh, no, I actually uh, <clears throat> I uh, find their documentations and study them, and then um, I've been starting to like reach out. Like you guys, I found you guys, and I uh, here here we are. So I'm starting to, I'm just trying to, the whole point of my podcast is, uh, I'm, I'm beyond trying to prove their existence to people oh, physically. Of course. Um, you know, they're, you know, they're real. I know they're real. Right. We're, we're both beyond that. Of course. So, so if, yeah. if I can, so if I can showcase the science that's been showcased for us, uh, behind the, behind the phenomenon to the general public, that's all I'm looking to do. Um, for the skeptic to have to stop and be like, whoa, wait a minute. So right. that's that's my ultimate goal. I'm not trying to convince anyone. I'm just trying to get the ideology out there. So, sure. So this that's why I do do what I do. So that's where you guys come into play. I've been kind of looking around trying to find out. I have a uh, Clackamas Sasquatch Research Group mm-hmm. uh, scheduled to come on soon. Um, they're uh, super eager to share what they've been finding. Um, awesome. And uh, they're based out of Estacada Highway, uh, Bigfoot Clackamas, uh, Bigfoot Highway. But um, yeah, so uh, that's awesome. So go go check out all of those places that she just told you to go check out, guys. Yep. Lost Cryptids Conservatory. Yes. Look, I yes. even got the shirt on tonight. Yes, you do. Uh, you. I'll I'll post this uh, this video on YouTube once I get all the editing out and then on my channel, and I'll forwarded to you and all that good stuff so oh that's great talking to you tyler absolutely thank you for uh thank you for hanging on there hey i hope to hear from you again i've got a whole i've got like a whole team of like 18 people anytime you want to interview hit us up awesome next time we talk i'll be in a full studio so it'll be a hundred times better too be live huh live broadcast yes live broadcast that's awesome yes cool thank you again for your time linda Bye. 
And that's all I have for you today. Linda is a very nice and passionate individual who is wholeheartedly into what she does. And for that, we thank her for coming on. Make sure you check out the Lost Cryptic Conservatory social media platforms, like, subscribe, and share all of their stuff. They have some pretty amazing findings, so I highly encourage all of you to check them out. So before I let you go, remember, love each other, love yourselves, be kind, be safe, and until next time.